Josh. Daryl. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing good. Yeah. Doing good. How's your hand? By it's the way? coming along good. Yeah, yeah. Doctor says um, the exercise, my mobility is already. They were pretty impressed when I went in for uh, to uh, just get my I had like a splint, so I couldn't bend it. Yeah. And uh, um, they said when I they saw me make a fist, they're like, "Oh man, so you're kind of ahead of the game." I'm like, "Yeah, you totally nice. knew it." So for those of those don't know what's going on, tell us. Carpal tunnel, yeah. and um, and then my I had trigger finger, my my ring finger, and my pinky, which is controlled by that nerve, which I didn't know was a funny bone nerve. So they moved it up. They made it about a five inch uh, incision, moved it up here, kind of in the crook of my elbow, and that, and then they made a little incision here, and it. I mean, my my finger was like that before. Mm. It be, I couldn't put like shaving cream with these fingers. I, it was just like this. For a while. Hmm. That's why I knew I got to get this fixed. Right. And uh, finally, once he the, made that incision, like that day, I could already straighten it out better, and I'd just been exercising it. So five, six weeks. For spring bear. That's why I got it done. I right. gave up Arizona to to get it done so I can be still working on my house and stuff. I got to get that finished, and then Perfect. I want to be ready for spring bear. Right. So anyway, we're on the mend. Good. Speaking of on the mend. I know you're at the sheep show this weekend, Hobie. <laughs> we got our friend, good friend Hobie Gardner here from Deadline Outfitters, and he was at the sheep show, and I'm sure you had fun there. We had a good time. You know, yesterday the drive home was a little rough, <laughs> but uh, no, recovered well. I know you were telling me before, this is kind of your you and your wife's time you can get away, just you two, because you're so busy. And, that, and your wife is just an amazing woman. Yeah. What she does to keep things in order. Very involved, you know, really the number one in our company. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> um, but no, it was a great time. Yeah, it was one of those deals that uh, we always, we leave the kids behind on that deal and uh, kind of cut loose and have a good time. And Wild Sheep is always a lot of fun to go and uh, see a lot of past clients and other outfitters and, um, you know, been doing the sheep deal for a long time, and it's amazing how connected Small World really after oh, yeah. all, and you end yeah. up kind of about knowing 70% of the people that are walking through that door, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's cool. So for the people that don't know, because we'll have people watching this that aren't local, kind of tell us your business. Yeah, where you grew up. And yeah, so uh, I own uh, Deadline Outfitters, um, Unit 54 in, in Idaho. Um, we... We guide for elk, deer, antelope, moose, mountain lion. Um, you know, we, we do it all. We uh, Plus, you got your pheasant, your bird thing. Here. Plus, we, you know, last, we're just going on our fourth year of doing the pheasants, and uh, that's been a lot of fun. You know, we do a lot of uh, high-pressured everything else, basically, we do. You know, the, the pheasant deal was kind of get back to just tradition of hunting, you know, having people um, come in and, and have a great time. It's as much as about the lodge time as it is the... Uh, the time out in the field, but nobody really cares if it's a pound and a half or two pound bird, you know? Oh, yeah. People just like to have a great and time. And it's usually a pretty good sized group that comes it in. It is, yeah. yeah. We have a lot of groups between, uh, you know, all the way to two to, to 15, 16 people, you know, yeah. that come and, and a lot of them do day hunts or, or stay two or three days and use our lodge or, uh, but it's a lot of fun. His, the, your guy's lodge is, I mean, oh, <laughs> I, I remember, and I'm sure probably John does back, it, when you first started, I mean, I remember when you just bought the property and it was just your house 
was a lot smaller as well as there was just a little barn there and a little shed was there a little shed too yeah and what you've turned that into we'll have to put some video footage of of it uh, um uh on this podcast here so people could see which is available for rent too along with yep uh, the airbnb that too and real fun we're actually building a whole new property right now and um, adding the wedding venue to the list of things we do nice. and, and um, also extending our pheasant stuff but it's uh, is that going to be more where your pheasant hunts are is on that side of the... um yeah we do both sides you know and and i'm not sure exactly how we're going to if we're going to run more out of our old lodge or our new one um you know but uh it's quite the project that I'm doing, so it might take me just a minute to really get that all up and running. But uh, so far, it's looking looking really good. Yeah, you that lodge is just insane. I mean, I know it took you quite a while to get it done the way you wanted, but everything is done. You yeah. didn't you didn't cut no corners. No, and that's what we're trying to do on the next one. And right now, corners are hard not to cut. <laughs> but we're, we're now. What did you tell me the other day? A champagne taste on a beer budget type thing. <laughs> that's or something that's like right. That. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Started with less than a beer budget, you know. So, so Let's no. Talk about a little bit about where you grew up and, and how you did get started. Yeah, so I grew up in Filer, Idaho. Um, lived here my whole whole life. You know, where we live now is only about twenty minutes from there. Um, um, you know, I knew uh, Daryl's boy when I was when I was younger, and I also knew Daryl for a long, long time. And um, you know, really, how I kind of got into uh, the hunting to start with, I guess, was uh, really with my my grandpa, um, and uh, wasn't maybe the way we hunt now. Um, it was a little bit more r- rough as far as, you know, maybe they grabbed an 18 pack and they enjoyed the day and they dropped me off here and picked me up here, you know, <laughs> a little different, you know, they w- wore binos around their neck and never looked through them. And I remember being, a, <laughs> I remember being a, a kid and, um, I, was, I think I was, I think I was 12 years old. Yeah. It was my first hunt and it was opening morning, you know, so it would be October 5th. Right. Yeah. And, um, and we were hunting around, um, um, Sun Valley area and we're looking at the very top and I see these two bucks that are just unbelievably big and uh, um, I'm, I'm so excited and, and all who I hunted with was you know my great uncles and my grandpa and they were probably all in their late 60s you know or oh. early 70s and and um, I look up there and I said so what's the plan what are we gonna do and they laughed and they said boy when you get up there them deer are going to be gone you know you don't even know how it works you know and so i've always stayed in in touch with them guys and they always took a lot of pride in what i did you know and kind of felt like they had something to do with it which they did right um but i always told them uh i remember my grandpa my grandpa's uh i think 50th uh anniversary wedding anniversary you know, he had all these group around, and he was giving me crap about how, you know, I, I, I just, he, you know, got, I'm doing everything I'm doing is because of him, you know. Yeah. And I said, just so you know, you remember them deer that were on top of that mountain that you said, laughed at me? I said, them are the deer we kill every year. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Did they let you even go after them then? No. Oh. No, no, they didn't. And it was a long, I mean, looking back, it would have been a deal, but nothing that all of us wouldn't have went and tried, yeah. right. you know? exactly. But, um, yeah, so moving forward just a little little farther, um, I, I always was in touch with Daryl, and I knew what he did, and and uh, I always 
looked for an opportunity at, at doing this. I mean, when I was uh, hunting, I just I, I was uh, really obsessed with it, but didn't really get to do it as much as I would like to. You know, I didn't really have the funds or the availability to really go do that. And um, um, hunted a lot more between 17, 18, 19 years old, hunted every day really doing stuff with me and my buddies. And uh, asked Daryl one time, I said, hey, is there... Is there any way maybe you could get me where I'd have a shot at guiding sometime? And and he says, uh, you bet. I'll uh, let me call um, Oki um, that worked for George Tolman at United States Outfitters and and see if I can get you an interview. And I went down there, me and Tasha. Uh, Tasha said, if this, so were you? You were just newly. How long have you been married? Uh, probably a half a year okay. at that time. I was probably uh, I was probably twenty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was probably early 20 and uh, went and interviewed that, that summer and uh, they said yep and uh, came back and of course Tasha went with me. She says if we're going to do this, she's, uh, she didn't marry me for to be away from me and uh, so she went and interviewed as a cook at the same time and, and we were a good duo, they said, and, yeah, and that's, that's what we did. You know, She so, was great cooking. I mean, I, would, I was in a few of you guys' camps that uh, she you, was cooking it. it she she always worked so hard still today you know always uh making sure she's doing her part which is way more than her part but uh <laughs> um no it was uh it's been a lot of fun so from that you know we guided in for george i think we guided five states um was it kansas new mexico, uh, arizona. New mexico arizona nevada. nevada um what am i missing did you go to colorado or, or anything I can't, uh, no, didn't do that, but, um, yeah, let's see, no, we had five states, I know, for them, and then, anyways, working for George, uh, years later, uh, it was right during archery, archery elk, and, you know, I was the youngest guy that worked for USO for a lot of years, and, and, uh, I was tried. the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't, <laughs> but, uh, always trying to earn the respect of the guides around me, and, and a lot of them were older than me, too, so I made sure I packed out every single thing I can. I, I, I packed every single night, you know, and, um, a lot of the guides were 45 to 60 years old, and if I could help out, why not, you know, so, most of the time I didn't get to bed till one o'clock, you know, and and uh, uh, guy flew in that wanted to hunt elk, and, and we could legally go spotlight elk in New Mexico as long as we didn't have a weapon or anything, yeah. and and he's never got an opportunity to do something like that. He's from Alaska. This guy that comes in has his own outfit, and I think, gosh, I'd like to go hang around this guy just a little bit, see if there was ever opportunity, you know. And he was your client, correct? No, he wasn't actually. He oh. was he was hunting on his own. But, oh. but he just was staying in George's camp, oh, and, and he was gotcha. a friend of George, good friend of George. Uh, Jeff Burwell is his name. Yeah. And um, anyway, so I take him out that night. I remember being so exhausted, but so worth the the trip. I think we got back about four o'clock in the morning, you know, and we talked all night. And and uh, he tells me, he says, you know, Hobie, I I could use somebody like you. And um, he says, I'm going to get a hold of you this spring, you know. And and I thought. You know, I hope so, but you know, kind of doubt he calls. You know, mm -hmm. just a nice thing. And sure enough, yeah, I never called him. Spring came, gave me a call, and he says, "You ready to go?" And uh, that's just Jeff Burwell style. You know, he's just always ready to go. There's no big plan up to it. And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, "All right, well, we're going bear hunting this spring." You know, I had a pack for uh, two years. Uh, kind of apprentice program for Alaska to be able to be a guide. Um, so obviously, that was a big. Um, 
cut and pay for a couple years to go do that. But at the same time, Tasha was coming, so she was making all the money. Um, and uh, bailed you out again. Yep, and it worked out so good. It led to I think last year was my seventeenth season. Man, time flies. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's it's been an amazing run, you know. And I hit it just right when Jeff um, was was fairly large at the time. Um, outfitter and the sheep were just absolutely amazing. And I think I've been on sixty two or sixty three doll sheep hunts. You know, or successful awesome. doll sheep hunts. And and. Uh, that's um, been a lot of fun. You know, you go from being in Idaho, not really getting to do that type of hunting, not really knowing exactly what sheep hunting's about, to getting thrown into it, and then getting to be, uh, you know, truth, truly, I'm one of the lucky ones. I probably have been on as many as um, most of the guides in, in Alaska, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, thought I knew what sheep hunting was about, and, um, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of almost hard to explain it, though, you right? It's... Uh, uh, the, I don't know if the biggest victory is if you get get the ram killed on the mountain or if you get everybody safely back to camp at the end. You know, right. and I, I'd say a lot of the, the older guys' victory is when they get back to camp. They're <laughs> just like, I did it. You know, I made it. And uh, but that's been that's been a lot of fun. You know, I always say if you uh, uh, haven't at some point hit hit your knees. Um, uh, on the mountain looked up to God and, and asked him what the hell you're doing on this mountain you know you probably haven't sheep hunted long enough because <laughs> you know it's it's probably more mental than it is actually physical and and uh, like most things in yep, life yep and just the challenges and that's what's so fun about Alaska or, or sheep hunting in general is it's uh you're, you're seeing the same guy uh, hunter after hunter them guys yeah they're there for that she- for sheep but but they're there for challenges of life. You know, they want to see that I still got it. You know, some of these guys are 80 years old that hit there, and I'm like, why? <laughs> you know? And I asked, I remember um, Jack, I can't remember Jack's last name, but he he's killed three or four rams with Jeff, and he comes back, and he's a little overweight. Obviously, he's four or five years older. He's in his he's in his late 70s, and um, the, he, he, these two younger kids, uh, Chauncey and Jonah, great friends of mine, um, they take him out and uh, they they get the sheep that um, I think he was like 38 inches long, which is a great room, but he was like 14 and 5 eighths bases, which is unbelievable wow. for a doll, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, I was so proud for this guy that just just uh, he gets back and does I, he oh, get I, around pretty good? He gets around pretty good, you know. But it was definitely and I seen him coming off the mountain the day they were coming down. I mean, we can't use radios or anything, yeah. so I just see him there and I. I, I take the Argo over and I pick him up and I'm, I'm bringing him back and I just, he said I said Jack how was it he said well these kids tried to kill me <laughs> but I'm still alive and I got a monster sheep you know and I said well Jack after all these years why do you do it he says well Hobie I've been married for 50 years I've uh, um, I'm overweight I have nothing to prove to anybody except for to myself that I can still do it. And he said, that's why I'm here, to see if I still got it in nice. me. He's like, well, well, why else do you have to work out all year long? I said, you've been working out all year long. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just he just smiled crooked at me, but it was good. That's awesome. It's a great that's, story. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I've had a couple clients the same way. That, that I remember one of my, one of my as far as in-shape guys goes, and granted, I'm older than he was then. I'm, he was 58, and <clears throat> I remember 
a lot of times when clients would come into camp that are going to go on a hunt, I'd start eyeballing, seeing, man, who am I going to try to get saddled up with so I can, you want a person to be in really good shape, blah, blah, blah. And uh, this guy, I got late. I got there late. And he was the last guy there. And he had came into camp uh, probably three or four days prior to, he drove out from Indiana, prior just to get acclimated. And tall, slender guy, um, you know, and nice guy. But he'd go hiking around with weight in his backpack and everything. And so at first I'm thinking I got stuck with him, right? Oh my gosh, that guy was in such phenomenal shape. He got acclimated. So you never really know was my point, you know, and, and he was actually a basketball coach as well as a referee. So they're running up and down the court. Mm. So all that made sense. But you can net my point is, yeah, you can never really judge how good or bad a shape somebody is in, uh, by you know what they look like right. just you just i know you and i both shared a client you in arizona me in new mexico buffed guy yep you remember which one i'm talking about yep. and i thought this guy is going to be amazing but he lives in he lives in massachusetts where there's no altitude at all and being as big as he was I'm, when i i mean he was buffed uh as big as he was trying to push all that weight around mm -hmm. In the mountains, it just kicked his butt. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I do. And, and you know, a little bit with that is, you know, uh, going back to Alaska just for a second, um, you know, I, I'd never been beat up a mountain before, you know, until oh. I went to Alaska. And I went to Alaska, and I got I got hammered the first year. Really? You know? And um, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was probably as strong as I'd ever been. I was probably close to 200 pounds. I lifted still a lot and everything else. But, you know that much muscle takes that exactly. much oxygen yeah. and um so i remember about halfway through my second year you know i i was i was that same guy that i was competing again then uh, did you lose him. weight your uh, first year yeah so i probably and the best i'd ever did i was probably 167 pounds which i didn't weigh I haven't weighed since i was an eighth grader um, but I was skinny as a rail. Boys made fun of me when I got back. They're like, he's just a little guy. But, you know, that was... That <laughs> Let's was, go up the mountain. We'll talk about that it. That was yeah. right. Yeah, it was just... I mean, you see why the Alaska boys are... A lot of them are tall and lean and and, and just tough, yeah. you know. And, and uh, I loved that change, actually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the that much extra muscle on you... It, it doesn't doesn't help you at all yeah. go up the mountain, yeah. you know. For sure. But Cardio is king. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, cardio. Do you deal with that much here for the elk hunts and stuff like that? Like your clients, are they, do they have issues with any of that? Uh, as far as here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we are pretty fortunate right here that it's not quite as physical as, mm -hmm. as some places, but uh we're we're lucky in unit 54 that i mean probably biased to this a little bit but it's uh it's my funnest unit i've ever hunted you know i mean it, it i always it say it breaks up there in my opinion i mean we've both been in new mexico arizona and that and when the rut's going on here i think it granted you may not find the good thing about it being right on the border of nevada is you've got those nevada genes and, and the elk had a lot of years to keep that going before they even started hunting it that's right so um it to me rivals right up there you may not find it but every year you you guys if you don't kill it you at least turn up a 400 class bull and, and sometimes there's years where you get more than that but uh or you know more than one but uh uh it's 
it's a I mean, I've told people for years before they even had a hunt there. I was telling people, man, when they do, because there was rumors about it, and there was rumors for a couple of years before they actually did it. And I says, you watch. As soon as that opened, all the state records are going to get shattered. And and I remember at that point when, and granted, I paid more attention to archery than I did rifle. But um, anyway, I remember the the standing um, state record was 380, which is an amazing bull. But it got shattered as soon as it's been broke. I don't know how many times up there since. Well, started. yeah, you look at that. Look how many years past it is. How many years has it been open? It's been open over 20. Yeah. You know, and we're still, you know, just finding tremendous bulls. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, <clears throat> first, a uh, little bit on the number one goal I had as an as a outfitter was to produce a 400-inch bull. You know, I hope I just won in my life, you know. And um, I remember the day it happened so well, and uh, it was with Shelly Sayer, oh. a great hunter, great person. Um, and uh, it wasn't, there was a lot of ups and downs during that hunt, just as far as it almost that happened. That was a muzzleloader, correct? Correct, yep. And, you know, a traditional muzzleloader in Idaho is not an easy, mm-hmm. easy deal. And um, But uh, Shelly hung in there, and, and the opportunity finally happened. He, she was hunting with... Uh, um, Ben Hepworth, one of my main guides, been with me almost uh, since I started, mm-hmm. and um, um, I watched it in the scope happen in the mountain. I just couldn't even believe it, and uh, click on the radio. Of, Tell me, Ben, what is he? What is he? You know, and and uh, I remember Ben said, oh, I don't know. He's over three fifty. You'll have to just get down here." And I just like, and I did. I raced right down the mountain. You know, Ben, and I'm like, my heart. I'm so confused right now that he says this number. Because we all had a bet earlier in it, you know, and he's so heavy that it was really a hard one to to score on. Who was the closest? Uh, yeah, I was the closest, but uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, yeah. I. What did you guess? I guess four fourteen, and um, you know, just throwing a number out, right? I always like guys always like fourteen and five A's, blah blah blah, yeah. you know. But you know, really, I always say, figure if I'm within ten inches, I I done good. I still think that. But in reality, I mean, if you get a chance in. Of course, I've never seen five eights or whatever. I've heard guys do that too, and, and it's like really five eights. Do you put a tape on it? No. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but if you can study one, and I'm sure you probably studied that bull quite enough that you can get a good idea. You know, they actually missed this bull the year before, and uh, what a god gift that we missed this bull because he probably went from the mid 380s, so oh, wow. very impressive bull to yeah. what he was then, and um, we. Um, when we were all scoring him, you know, some of my guides were like, hey, uh, on the hoof, sorry, earlier, 380, 375, and I, and I tried to tell these guys, I've walked right up to this bull. I go, this bull has mass that we've never seen on any other bull. He's going to surprise you lengthwise, you know, and that's such a truth deal. That if, is. If you're off on the mass on these bulls, you're off on everything. And in, in these, and I, I'd say... Um, yeah, genetics is a big play, but the difference is these bulls actually get to the age that they need to mm-hmm. produce the mass. And if you miss the mass, you miss everything it, it, on score-wise, you know. And I lucked out and got the mass <clears> right, <throat> and the rest came. Don't get me wrong. Some of my measurements were here and here. Sure. Win and yeah, loss, you know. Until um, you put but, a tape on it. But, you know, I was actually within uh, like three-eighths, you know, which was a funny. Is it, it 414? A, yeah, it's 414. Yeah, it was 414, Boone and Crockett. I don't know four, about this, folks. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he was I mean, 
look at enough, and it's but yeah. that was just pure luck. You know, you, you you you. I thought I was probably fairly close to that, but really, you didn't know. I mean, like when I say when he hit that, said that number on there, I got down there and I touched it, and I just knew I was so right. You know, and um, the, the mass on it was just unbelievable. You know, as thirty six and a half inches of mass on one side, thirty four and a half inches on the other, um, and. Uh, it, it was it was an amazing moment. So on that on that that being said, you know we've done it four times total now. That's awesome. Uh, over four hundred and and I remember and a lot of three eighties and three not a lot, but I mean definitely a good grip full of that three seventy plus to four hundred. Yeah, we have. Out. Yep. And you know for a long time, I mean I'm guiding for the first six or seven years the biggest bull i'd ever killed was a 357 just happened to be my first bull i ever guided <laughs> and uh i got locked on this number and and um several times that we were um that were close to killing this next level bull but yeah. a lot of bulls that 350 and that 350 is a great bull by the way i mean yeah. it still really is and um um all of a sudden here in idaho it just started to click and you know i beat my record eight times in one year you wow. know and uh um, then we just started to go from there and figuring more and more stuff out and learning the unit and so i want to what i look at maybe get your opinion on this because what would you say what do you use the nose as a judge like the horn birds to know do you ever use that at all i do a little bit right i use it more on um I give it on a comparison, but some of these big curly things now. Right, if not, right. If but I, I kind of look at so so. Of course, you always look at thirds and and whale tails as as a you know as a telltale of what it could be, right? But I've always kind of used the nose, and I know some of them really curl up. But if you can figure out like the end of his nose, the length of that. And then judge for the curl, mm -hmm. but then to me to compare that. This is just me, and maybe I don't claim to be the greatest score on the hoof. Um, but um, but if I can look at that and say, okay, that's what I think it is, and I I usually say it's around the eighteen ish. Yep, is what I usually go use that as my marker, and then go from there, and then compare that time to the other times and. I don't know if that makes sense at all to to you, but I no for sure. I mean, really, I I, I do that, and then I, I compare a lot. Obviously, we start with mass, but then you know we just look at so many of them, and I measured so many horns on the ground, and just try to get uh, a reference of. Um, the, the hardest thing is when they're all so even, when you don't have these exploding points, right? Like you don't have um, just a. 23 inch third and a you know you have every one of them that's the same Almost kind the same, of equal yeah. right you know you have a 19 inch fifth and and them bulls sometimes can be the trickiest i, I looked at a bull we didn't personally shoot but we uh had pictures of it you know and i'm, I'm scoring it and i said bob this bull's probably like uh 400 you know uh, you know and and knew it was probably that bull but you know they ended up putting it on the ground and it was 427 wow um, you know and i even i've seen the mount and looking across the room i still say he's a 400 inch bull i walk over to it and you just everything's so even all of a sudden it's like nope there's the 427 you know it, it's unbelievable sometimes some of them bulls you just got to put on the ground because you just you just don't know you know but we had a Tremendous year this year. I think we shot five bulls over 380 um, this year. We killed one bull that was uh, um, well, grossed a little over uh, 402, and 
Um, I think he I think he officially grossed 401 and uh, 5.8 this year. And but you know our main beams were a different deal this year. I mean that I say that bull should have been a 385 bull. Besides, he had 63-inch main beams. Oh, wow. Wow. And, you know, until this is the first year we'd ever killed main beams like that ever, and we did it three times, so we killed 60-inch main beams. Wow. That's and, insane. Uh, How many years have you had the deadline? Since 08. So was this my 14th year? I think I just okay. finished. I remember when you first you called me up and asked me about the outfitter, who it was. And, yep. And then... You know, and speaking of that outfitter, um, what an opportunity, you know, um, to get that. I, I got it on a time that um, John Turner's his name, great person, still a friend of mine. Uh, great guy. Unfortunately, not doing really well right yeah. now. He's really declining health-wise. Um, I always feel like things are fate just a little bit. I mean, a lot of things have happened in my life. It's just been like a chain of events that only happened for whatever reason that day was the day and and honestly john thought he had a heart attack the week before i haven't done no, no um, news of this before i've never met john and and the only really reason i i got that chance at that unit was because john was worried about his health and um uh gave me he an called opportunity. you back right and he did after that happened because yep. i know when i i kind of talked to him a little bit he had a couple other people that had offered him quite a bit of money to do it but he had that unit for years and just, it was his deal and he just never really opted to do much with it. Um, did a few line hunts and things like that, if I yep. remember right. But yeah, lion never, pursued, thing. never pursued much after that. And, um, but he he's, uh, he gave me an just a great opportunity and, and he did because he, uh, he knew I came from no money, you know. Um, knew that I had a lot of ambition and um, uh, gave it to me. Um, for I'd say a lot for that reason, yeah. you know, and uh, like you said, he'd had higher offers than what I'd offer. Um, um, it was it was most mostly about trying to do some good, and you know, same thing. I I go visit John uh, a few a few times through the year and and see how he's doing and and kind of show that appreciation a little bit. And uh, you know, we like last time we seen I seen him at DMB just a. Uh, about a month ago and and you know he brought up the, how proud he was of what we've done with it and that he, he got to be a part of it and yeah. mm -hmm. you know and uh, appreciate that yeah so, that's yeah. cool yeah super good guy yep um yeah and you went from that to where you are now client wise plus i remember you also pursued fish and game because there wasn't a lot of opportunity up there for outfitters there um, wasn't. There wasn't no allocation at allocation, the time. Allocation, yeah, tags. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Randy Smith, he's passed and gone now, but he was our he was our um, head biologist in there, and uh, same kind of guy actually gave me um, gave me some opportunity. Knew I'd be a good one for the unit. Knew that I I believe in a lot of the what I believe um, an outfitter should be. That you know, really, yeah, I got a BLM and a Forest Service permit. Um, but we don't own any of that mountain. You know, I, I, I believe in um, doing the right thing on the mountain. If somebody's pursuing a bull, you don't cut in front of them. You don't whatever. Because you're the outfitter. Because we're the outfitter. And, and that happens so much. It does. Know, and I'm totally, you know, anti. You know, I'm at one of my friend's shops one day, which is Caleb Drake, uh, Advantage Archery. And I'm in there one day and I hear this guy come in 
and he's ranting and raving about the outfitter that's up there, you know. And <laughs> Caleb kind of looks at me and looks back. And did you punch and, him? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he, but he says, you know, he says, you know, that deadline they think they own that whole mountain up there, and we had this this bull that we're chasing, and and he came up to me and said. You know, this is uh, this is our area, and this is this is our canyon. We're hunting this bull, and you know, Caleb looks at it and says, "Hobie, the main the main guy to Hobie Gardner." Oh yeah, most arrogant prick I've ever met in my <laughs> life. And you know, Caleb, so he knows you. <laughs> he, he's standing 15 feet from me. Never met me a day in my life. You know, and Caleb was just about to see his finger. I'm like, nah, just shake it off. Don't let it. But he rants on for another 15 minutes and leaves. And I said, Caleb, can you believe that? He says, five times a day, I can complain. Yeah, yeah, you know, but the, the truth is he knows that's totally everything what we're against. You know, I mean. Uh, and it's not really worth getting in an altercation. I mean, like a verbal It's fight. not. You know, I mean, my whole key to, I think, some of our success and not getting in any problems in the mountains, I go find the bull that nobody else is looking at. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. You know, I want to enjoy that moment up there, not just for... Well, yeah, as well as if you're in a, a super busy canyon, because there is still, even though it, and it is, like I said, amazing unit, there's still enough of it up there that doesn't get much pressure. You can go find those bulls like that. But the easy access stuff, um, that's where you're going to run into those. More more, more people and, yeah. and more problems. And, and uh, like you say, I mean, I've had hardly any problems on that mountain the whole time. And that's kind of been the key to it is just finding stuff that's out of the way. And, mm -hmm. and uh, to me, I'll take a 10-inch lesser bowl to go to go have a great time no pressure. and, and yeah, just yeah. just go hunting you know i don't like racing to bulls that don't that don't make no no sense to me i like to hunt i like to do a skillful deal not um you know this is just me not to lay down a 1200 or a 1200 yard gun to beat the guy that's at 400 yards i just don't want to play the game yeah. I, I want to uh, i want to hunt yeah you know mm -hmm. and uh, this a unit um allows us to to do that yeah that's good and you've since acquired some property in the mountains as well up there, right? We do. We have uh, we have a, just um, a cabin up there on private ground, and that's been a lot of fun. Did too. you end up purchasing that too? Yep, yep. Nice. That's all. That's all done, and that's been good. Yeah, that's nice. It's just far enough in there that you can put a few extra clients. And yeah, and right now we do all wall tents on that setup. You mm -hmm. know, we have one cabin that we we do all the eating in and cooking and stuff, and then we set. Um, canvas tents around there but you know we're hoping in time that we do more and more cabins uh just uh not have to break them down at the end of every year right. another thing that you don't have to do right yeah yeah that's a cool little spot right there too yeah oh that's man it fun. is yeah. it is yep and john you've done quite quite a fair amount of filming huh uh, hobie's been more than gracious let me tag along on a bunch of hunts yeah so from my perspective, it's been awesome because the stuff that I've got to film for Hobie's been, I mean, I've never had that opportunity to get those tags or, you know, so hard to draw them, honestly. Yeah. And then to see that quality animals, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. No, mostly, I, honestly, mostly. I mean, there's been a few elk hunts, but mostly moose hunts. And that has just been phenomenal. I've loved every minute of that. You know, it, that's been uh, a couple of my guides are not the biggest fan of hunting moose, you know. And uh, I look at it as what an opportunity. I mean, really, we've been been able to be a part of some of the biggest shires in the last right. seven to eight years in the in the U.S. You know, you know why? It's 
when they hit the ground, the work starts. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> well, I think some of it is uh, they don't give them moose the credit that they that they are. I mean, a lot, some of these guys will always say, oh, the dumb moose. Well, I'll tell you, we just got done this year. John, you actually got to finish it with one of our clients. Yeah. You know, he was a local um, that we had a bull in mind in the first. We actually passed it the first day thinking maybe we might find not necessarily a bigger bull but maybe the next age class we knew this bull had a little bit more potential left in it just mm -hmm. by age but he was a fantastic bull and um and we hunted after he passed him the first day and the next day he says you know what obi we want to shoot that bull well it wasn't that simple i'd seen that bull a few other times but didn't have our client with us at the time and um i think i probably put 14 days in looking for him after that um John, I think that he, what the hunter, um, he had what, 29 days? I think he said, tw yeah, 28 days, I think is what he told me. Yeah. To yeah. hunt? Uh, tw 28 days that looking. he actually was on the mountain looking oh, wow. for that bull. So so was he your, he wasn't your client the whole time? No, he wasn't. Yeah, because he was still going up on days. I yeah. had other hunts I was doing sure. and stuff. But mm -hmm. then um, ended up killing... Uh, with John at the end and they got all that on film and great yeah. bull and great footage yeah. and, and uh, Well, you're the first person he wanted to call too and he didn't have service on his phone So that's why I, I called you. I had a little like one bar. I couldn't believe it actually went through but uh, He said he just wanted you to be there be a part of it because yeah. you had put so much time into uh, it So and it was actually for his son. That's 12. Correct. correct? Yep. Yep. Cage was that 12. a super tag or no? Um, no, it was a draw. Wow. It was a draw tag, and and uh, you know the kid was so so excited. You, you know? know what's funny is like uh, talking about how people think it's super easy. I know you've had a few clients. You and I've talked about it that I'm going to do it on my own, and then they go up there and they're getting their ass kicked, and then they end up calling you. Correct? You've had that. That, happen? that happens a lot. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. for sure, but. You know, just because it isn't quite as simple. And sometimes, don't get me wrong, you might drive by the first one and sure. it might be the bull that you're looking for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, some of these bulls that we've we've looked for are disappear for weeks on end, you know. Right. And um, we, we do probably put a little bit more attention to them than we do some of our other stuff just because uh, the size that we are and the opportunity that's at hand, yeah. you know. Yeah. But... Um, there again, that was another one of those. One once this, they opened a moose hunt in that unit, pretty much shattered all the state records. And and correct me if not. Getting back to Miss uh, Sayer, what's her first name? Shelley. Shelley. Yep. Sorry, Shelley's was the number one muzzleloader bull in Idaho, right? By a female or just total? Oh, I'm sure total. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Um, don't quote me on this, but I think it's we're number seven. We're quoting you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's number seven or eight ever killed in Idaho. You know. Oh wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean it's a heck of a bull. I have a replica in my lodge, and yeah. you know it was the first one I ever replicated. And a lot of people are like, "Well, why would you replica somebody? You don't. That's not even your bull." You know. And I'm like, "Well, that bull crushed my life for for yeah. for four or five months. That's all I did that year. You know. And and." You, you know, got fairly obsessed with it, you know, and tell you the truth, when it actually uh, finally happened and we, we harvest this bull, I was in a depression for like two weeks and my wife finally comes up to you and... Hobie, Hobie. Yeah. She's like, what is with you? She's like, you've reached one of your biggest goals ever and you're down about it. And I'm thinking, 
well, I'm just trying to figure out the next one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, I you mean, know one thing I'm going to tell you is that I've always, like, really, um, like, just talking to you, I know we've been friends a lot of years, but, I mean, like, like you said, I mean, you had shit just when you started, really. And it is such a awesome story because to see, and I know I've told you this many times too, how proud I am of, because I knew you as a kid, you know, and, and you're still a kid. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I knew you younger and then to see you start guiding, just guiding in general and take that passion you had and then to build up what you have now. Um, but you've always been ballsy taking risks but you've always put yourself out there kind of maybe a little bit farther i mean kind of like uh the champagne taste beer budget i know it's i know you've done quite well um but you've always just never stopped and i've arrived and and i, I think that's awesome because mm -hmm. that that makes a big difference on your success well i appreciate that yeah i still spend every dollar to make my next one you know <laughs> and i hope someday maybe that ain't always oh, the case yeah, you know well but you but it does make stuff exciting you know maintaining is probably the hardest thing for me going to the next step is sure uh, exciting fun enjoyable however you want to put it but uh, sometimes miserable sometimes, sometimes very <laughs> like you know i hope this works you yeah. know but um but no, it does does make it fun. Yeah, that's good. I think, like I said, attitude is is and to have such a great um, your wife being like she has been as far as like maybe she does question you, but maybe not. But I think a lot of times, for the most part, she has total faith that you're going to get it done because you've proved her well so many it, times. You know, starting this. For quite a few years of this, let's say the first three or four years, Tasha came along on this because this was my dream and she wanted to be a part of me and she wanted to be in this, you know. It, all of a sudden it turned a corner These, this is her group, you know. Uh, I probably had some growing up to do as being a husband at, at the first and, you know, probably I said my money more than I should have said our money. And, <laughs> and you know, you know, it was pretty awesome. I remember the day that Does probably... Doesn't she sign most of the checks? Yeah, just all of them. I haven't wrote a check in 16 years. <laughs> uh, um, but she uh, she comes up to me one day and she says, you know, this outfit's as much as mine as it is yours. And, and it didn't take long for me to sit there and think, no, it's probably more hers than it is mine. You know, I mean, done a, every part of business that I I, mean, yeah. I hunt and we I make, you know, take the phone calls. But other than that, anything that's behind the scenes, she does it all, you know. She and, is just uh, running. And, and I know her mom's helped her quite a bit and been yep. a really good thing for it has lisa's been awesome yeah she's probably been a full-time employee of ours for uh probably seven seven eight years now and that's made a world of difference you know this whole thing so uh of course you know both daryl and john brian know this but i didn't really have much of a relationship with my dad till i was around 14 15 years old well a lot of things are skipped by that time so you know my number one thing has always been i want to do this with my family yeah. if, if i had to go everywhere without them and, you know, a little bit right now, I'm going to back out of Alaska just for a second. And I don't know if I'd even told you I was going to do that yet. But um, um, it's a different deal now that, see, they used to always come with me every year. You know, we homeschooled even for a little bit when they got older. And it was always to keep us, you know, did this job to keep us together, yeah. not not apart. Yeah. And it hadn't been the same feeling, you know, that they're not here no more uh, with me in, in Alaska. And I just uh, figured, you know what? Did for, you do it last year without them? I did. And it was challenging. It was you? challenging. You know, um, 
you know, Tasha takes care of any problem I ever have. I mean, she knows all my land managers. She knows all the, um, she's built herself in this industry, uh, yeah. well known, maybe more than me, you know, on, on a lot of things. And she's just so good and smart about what she yeah. does about stuff. And, and she, you know, just not having her there, not having the kids there, you know, I, you know, uh, lost my grandma when I was in, in Alaska this year and I couldn't come back because now I'm the main main guy there and I, I couldn't legally leave the field, you know, and, oh. um, you know, just, you know, a lot of hard moments that, you you know, you go through on, on there and, you know, my grandma's probably one of my favorite people in the yeah. world, you know, uh, uh, so I, I sent back a few quotes to say at the deal that she'd said for me, you know, but one, one of them was, you know, she always says, uh, you know, when you get done building that pyramid, you know, um, she said, you know, you're still going to have problems. I was 28 years old and she told me this, and this is in a, a five minute conversation one day. <laughs> Stuck I, with you though, didn't it? Forever, you know, because, you know, when you grow up, when you grow up a little poor, you think money's going to fix some of this stuff. I've mm -hmm. never always been based on, on money. Um, but there was a lot of it there, you know, and then obviously the more money that you get, you realize that it's the, the money has n nothing to do with happiness or, or, or whatever yeah. it's it's enjoying every day and that's what she was always uh wanting me to do is you know when i have a goal in mind and i'm still really got to work at this but when i have a goal in mind i put my head down and whatever the sacrifice whatever it is you just do it until you get to here and when you get here you know this is happiness you know in my head right and the truth is when you hit that deal you know, there's just got to be a next one because yeah. it never fails the way you think it is. And you go to the next. And when she said that that day, it stuck with me forever because it's uh, it's enjoy every day. You know, yeah. and one thing my grandma did, uh, you know, every day until she was she was 89 years old. Well, she would be playing cards at her friend's house or whatever it was every single day, making sure everybody was okay, driving all over the country, you huh. know, to make sure you know and lived and enjoyed every day. And I'm better and better at it all the time as. As far as you know, I look around a little bit more, not just my head down and on to the next project. Yeah. My, but oh, that's, that's cool. good. That's, that's awesome. yeah, great things to to remember her by. And yep, but the mountain always gives you a little bit of time. That's true. To, oh, to do that, you yeah. know, maybe that was the hardest thing. Is you know, why was there, you know, basically by myself on that deal, and you yeah. go through, and you had a lot of time to sit there and think about it, but. Uh, we had a great season. We I think we killed 12 out of 14 caribou. And I had some of the best um, guides that you could ever ask for there, supportive and hardworking. And, and, uh, but I think for right now, um, I'm going to focus on what we're doing here, like say with the wedding venue, with the bird operation, with Deadline and you know Idaho and Nevada. Um, just try to make sure I'm dotting my I's and crossing my T's and do the best thing I can with yeah. what I got going. And I know that, you know, We'll talk a little bit about. I know you've been really great with veterans um, and kind of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, maybe talk a little bit about that. How you? Yeah, on the, you know, on the uh, we did a deal with Kersey Ennis um, a few years ago. That was a was a wounded warrior. Uh, she just shot a moose with us, and we did a full donation for it. You know, and. Um, I actually guided her a few years before that through Jeff Burwell um, on a sheep hunt that she did, which was a, uh -huh. was a, and I got to be the head guide on that one too. And for those of you that don't know, she she lost uh, one of her legs. Yep. And it, was it a helicopter accident? It was. Crash? It was a, hel a helicopter accident. I do yep. follow her on, on social media and love watching her. She's man. A, she don't give up. That a very she, inspiring yes. person. Yeah. You know she's. Uh, um, 
No, she's been she's been great, and uh, you know, watching her on that that hunt, I just got like, I don't know, got the bug for being a part of stuff that you and me get to do every day, and we take for granted. Kind of, you can't yeah. hardly you we were born with it. We got yeah. it. And, uh, you know, when you see people reaching almost outside their means to make it where they can do whatever we can do, yeah, it's pretty inspiring. Oh, me, I bet. You know, yeah. um, and Kirstie's been a, a, um, a, a real enjoyment in our lives and our kids' lives, and and you know, they look at the people that come through like that, and that's one thing I just that's, love. I, and I've seen your kids interact with the clients and stuff, and they're not because you're sitting here, but they're they're not they're. Rugrats climbing the walls and stuff. That every time I've seen, they're kids. They like playing no, the stuff. But but I mean, they're not like, they're not disrespectful when I've seen them around clients and and everyone seems to enjoy them, you yep. know, very much. So well, and I got I I just actually had another one uh, seven months ago, and and now I know what I'm doing until I'm sixty. But <laughs> no, the um, the kids have been uh, been great, and that's sure the funnest thing about uh, I think my. Um, my whole deal, even for myself, but especially for my kids, is you know all these hunters that come through here—they're so inspiring. Yeah. A lot of them made themselves from 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 nothing or from zero money or from. But just the inspiration that comes with these guys—that's probably my favorite thing about this whole the whole job—is just to be able to be a part of these people that are um, very ambitious, very excited to live life. And, and my kids get to see that all the time. And that's positive. It, it's oh, it's positive. so positive, yeah. you know, and, um, there's very little negative that comes with any of that. And so, uh, that's been quite the blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And you've done some hunt of a lifetime too with a few different kids. Yep. We, uh, we did a hunt of a lifetime, um, uh, with one kid that, uh, was type one, type one diabetic. Um, and be truthfully, you know, it was it was a great kid. The dad came to John Tolbert actually donated his time too to come film this along with. Was what, it an elk hunt? It was an elk hunt. Yep, and um, uh, which was donated by the state um, for the hunt of a lifetime. That tag was, and uh, I probably had what six other of my guides, five other guides with me that yeah. donated all their time too. It was a really special moment for for deadline altogether. And, um, it's touching. I've, I've been a part yeah. of some. John did a, a great jo job on the film too. It really caught a lot of the moments. And we had a. It was snow and a miserable day in some ways. And and um, uh, you know, anyways, I guess later on the hunt, I remember thinking to myself, and I probably even told it to my wife. I saw thought this kid's type one diabetic. Really, should he be here on a? hunt of a lifetime and um tasha was really good about it she's like well um great kid great person um what an experience for a father and son she's like don't take away from the greatness that this is you know and and uh lo and behold two years later october 15th um my daughter gets type 1 diabetes and was lifelighted to um to boise and we go through the whole thing. I mean, really a week later, um, if we wouldn't have caught it. And I remember for about a month there when Cadence would walk by me, I'd grab her as she's walking through the office and I'd look at her and I could see she had sunken eyes, like she had black eyes. And This I just, is before you knew. This Maybe. is before we knew. And um, I kept thinking, what what is up with her? And you know, I'm, I'm always a little bit of funny, I'm wasted money, right? And, and I'm like, well, take her in there and 
Tasha's she's like, she's like, it's going to be expensive. And I'm like, well, something's wrong. I know something's yeah. wrong, you know. And so um, Tasha schedules it and goes in there. And from that visit right then, they lifelight her out of there, you know, wow. and, and knowing. From twin to Boise yep. right then, huh? And anyways, what I was getting at with uh, with going back to the original story of the kid that we took hunting is, you know, you don't know somebody's life from the outside um, looking in. Of course, when um, you think diabetes, most people think, you probably hear, obviously here, seems like I have heard more of type 2, which it can easily be um, um, like adjusted and whatnot. Adjusted and sometimes so type even one with is, diet. It or, is, and I, I only know a couple people with it, and and it's a totally different ballgame. It really is. I mean, I mean, I saying that statement that I said to Tasha earlier, I couldn't be more wrong with what I said and and um, about it being like, why is he here? Well, this kid they deserves to be here. I mean, it's a it's a hard life. I made a statement to Tasha one time. I said, um, once we found out she was diagnosed with type one, I said, uh, um, at least it's not terminal. At least it's not something that that we can't overcome. And and you know Tasha made the statement. No, she's just going to have to fight for her life every day for the rest of her life. Yeah. And that is that is so true. I mean, even last night we had a deal where, um, of course, I don't know because I was sleeping through this whole deal. Tasha takes care of everything, like I said earlier. And, but you know Tasha was up for three hours last night trying to keep her back on track. You know she hit the 500s, which is really 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 high where she should be under a hundred, and. Um, um, it's always like that. I mean, it's always, Tasha probably spends an hour to two hours every night in the middle of the night baking their sure. But we couldn't have came along. Does she have to go check on her and whatnot? She does, yeah. yeah. Make sure that she's not getting false readings, you know. I mean, we couldn't be in this at a luckier time, though, as far as the Dexcom that works with her pump, that I don't even know how parents and people dealt with this beforehand. Be beforehand. I mean, uh, so feel very fortunate, but... You know, I wouldn't say karma's the word, but how that all lined out, I mean, the odds of my child getting type 1 diabetes, I wish I even had a number for you, but it's not good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so for me to, to have that whole thing, like I say, all timing thing and how things happen, um, uh, it's kind of a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with coincidence, but yeah, you just, yeah. And man, she's got, I've only really been around her since this all happened maybe once, but her attitude is still so awesome, I think. Oh, it is. You know, and, and, and a couple people in our family maybe favor her to, um, you know, give her a little bit of, uh, trying to think of the word. Um, sympathy. Sympathy, you know, and, and I'm the other side of it, right? I just, no, it's no big deal. It's, this is fine. You know, we're, we're going forward, you know. I guess, I mean, if you try not to make it a big deal, maybe that's probably a good thing, too, as opposed to, because it is a lifelong thing. It's it, not something she's it, gonna get over. It, so. it is, you know, and so you just kind of work around it and figure, but don't let it ever uh, hold you down. I'm, I'm super excited about like, she loves hunting. She's, she's, uh, um, she got her first buck last, last she, year, she got year before. Her, yeah, she got her first buck uh, uh, the year before. Yeah. Um, and you know, my wife actually drew a late late deer tag, and I should have known at the time when she drew it. I'm like, well, what's up? You know, she drew all her other great two tags when she was pregnant, and I'm thinking, well, how did we get this tag? And then we drew the tag, and then about five months later, we figured out why she drew the tag. She was pregnant. <laughs> 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 so she. Uh, 
she gives that tag to um, Cadence, uh, transfers that tag, which we can do in, in Idaho yes. for youth and transfers that tag. And, you know, of course, she's looking for um, a great opportunity and I'm looking for a great deer. deer. <laughs> and, you know, actually on the, about the third day of her hunt, we do find a, a great buck, one of the better bucks we found of the season. And it was a 185 inch type deer. and. Um, we get up there, and Dad's not as good as Mom about remembering every part, and I think that Cadence has. I'm a, assuming Mom wasn't there. No, and Mom was worried about us going without her. You know, I said, ah, "We'll be fine. I got this." You know, but I, I told Cadence even right before we left, "Make sure you put enough food in your deal in your in your pocket in case we have problems getting your sugars up." And we get up there, and and I keep keep hearing her pump beeping, so I'm yelling at. Out her making noises, she's and she. <laughs> You're making too much noise. Yeah, she's making her pumps making too much noise. <laughs> and this um, is the hard ass dad. You were yeah, yeah, that's right. right. And anyways, uh, she's like, "Well, I only have three Smarties." I'm like, "Well, three packages." She's like, "No, like three Smarties." And I'm like, "Oh man!" So we sneak up. We get to like 300 yards, is a little farther than I want her to shoot, but we get set down, and she's in the 40s, and we're in trouble now because she has two little Smarties left now, and. And I have her take the shot, which I shouldn't have had to. She was too shaky at the time just because she's low on her sugars. And uh, and anyways, we, we you take the shot, and she misses. And then uh, uh, she eats the last two Smarties, which allows us to get back to the truck at least. But, you know, it's a real deal. I mean, if I had had her much farther out than that, it would have been. But that will never happen again. You'll probably have a bag of something. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yep. And, we, and, of course, before I even got in the house, tell her the whole story. <laughs> Um, now, can she see what's going on? Your wife? On oh, her app? yeah. No, oh. The whole thing. She, and, she, and she's trying to call us now. We didn't have a service in, and I got the whole. No in reach? Uh, well, I had an in reach, but, you know, yeah, I didn't have it on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have an emergency situation. Not right. <laughs> that that was, Hobie, but. Didn't qualify. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> she's got two smarties. She'll be fine. That's right. But, uh, yeah, that's a lot funny. to be learned with it. Well, right. thank God it, everything turned out okay, and she ended up killing deer when yeah, you, you know, didn't drag her back out that day, did you, homie? No, two, <laughs> two days later she goes, and we're, we're looking at that for that buck, but we find another buck, it's like 165-inch deer, and I thought, oh, that'll be still a really nice buck, and we loop around there, and this um, there was like nine does and two little diny bucks, and then that 165-type that buck, and we we get around there and that the, the bigger buck's gone there's two little ones and i'm looking and she's like i want to shoot that one and uh i thought okay you know oh, yeah. and uh i said you sure oh yeah that's a nice one you know and we sat down and you know 220 yards and she just she just uh hit it good but it ran over the hill maybe 100 yards which was great because then we had to do a little track job and i had mm -hmm. my my younger son uh or my youngest with me that's stone and and um he was uh he usually ruins most moments when it's not all about him so this was actually this was actually great that it was uh a littler buck because now he just enjoyed the experience and so they had to do the blood trail and then they got to it and then he turned into me for a minute hey, cadence great job i can't believe what you did great shot this was unbelievable animal you know <laughs> Awesome. And he's so excited, but if we would have walked up to something big, he'd have just crossed his arms. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Has he killed a deer? Uh, he hasn't. So he's 
He's eight. This was his uh, first year uh, hunting. He gets to hunt with uh, um, the passport license yeah. here, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, we've done a little bit of uh, cottontail hunting, and he's yeah. killed a couple pheasants with me, nice. and, a, and a couple um, uh, forest grouse, rough grouse earlier this year. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Right now, we're actually. Uh, are you still pheasant hunting right now? We are. Oh. We are. Yep. Yeah. We probably another month here that we will. Um, um, yeah, so he's been saving up for this um, woodland buffalo hunt, and uh, for some reason he's hung up on this, and, and I've been trying to get him to do maybe something else just because he can do this at any age in his life, the it's woodland buffalo. And so, anyways, I'm talking to my friend uh, Jonah Stewart up in Alaska yeah. just this weekend, and I'm like, you know, Jonah, I don't know if he's if he's going to like this hunt. And Jonah was just so good. We, is, he, we, is he going on it? No, he's out. not. He's not going on it. He says, he says, why don't you just come hunt with me and you can hunt whatever you want. We'll figure it out. You know, Jonah's done some hunts with me sure. here, that, and we've yeah. always taken care of each other. You Another know, great because, guy. Oh hell, yeah, hell of a guy too. Yeah, Jonah really is. He has a great operation, and, and he's just a first class person. You know, yeah. but he looks at me. He says, Nah, just come hunt with me. Bring him. You know, and I think what an experience to be able to take my kid at ten years old mm-hmm. to Alaska and go. Well, I think we'll go uh, after a moose and nice. and um, um, I tell I actually told him that this morning because we just got back last night. Oh, so really? I told Stone this morning and and I've been making Stone. I said you got to pay for half of your buffalo hunt, which is like uh, so his half would be six thousand. You know, so he's at like twelve hundred dollars right now. <laughs> and, uh, got a little more lawn mowing to do. Uh, huh, well, get. he didn't look at it like this. He says. Well, Dad, I don't got to save the money then, right? And I said, what do you mean? He said, you'll just trade Jonah something, won't you? <laughs> I said, well, trade, do whatever, pay for it. Either Remember way. Auntie's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And uh, anyways, he was super excited. And uh, oh, it'll be a lot of Will fun. Will that happen this year? Uh, no, so he's eight now. Oh, eight. So it'll be two more years. Okay. Perfect. Um, and it'll be it'll be good. He'll be able to yeah. go up the mountain a little bit more. But he goes really well right now. So I'm sure he'd be even fine right now. But it'll I'm be, sure the adrenaline alone is probably just the excitement. You know, when I was younger, I would have thought to do a, a hunt with this with a kid would be like maybe a, a graduation present. You know, to be able to do this is you know on one of his first hunts. Right. You know, to go. Now he's ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You take them opportunities when but you can. Absolutely. Exactly. And you know, I mean, that's that's a really fortunate. Thing you've had some opportunities. I remember um, your sheep hunt, your personal sheep hunt, the phantom sheep you killed, was a a client gave it to you because he couldn't go. I mean, not very many people get that opportunity like that. That's tell that story. That's right. So I'm guiding the guy in um, Alaska uh, on a brown brown bear hunt. We're doing the boat hunts and and. Uh, but you've guided this guy several times, correct? I've guided him one time before okay. before this. I guide him in Wyoming on my own deal there. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyways, we get done with the hunt. He shoots a, shoots a nice bear, and uh, he's a handful of a guy, uh, Joe, and and um, he says, "Hey, you want to go on a uh, doll sheep hunt in Northwest Territories?" And I said, "Well, let me see if I can get it in my schedule. See if I can. What time of year it is?" And he's like. Well, it'd be like uh, July, um, and I thought, oh yeah, I could make that work, you know. And I'm thinking he's just wanting me to come along and and go with him as like assistant, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know. And and um, anyways, uh, 
finally he's uh, he's like, no, I'm talking about giving you this hunt, and I'm like, well, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I want to. I, <laughs> I think it I, Okay, <laughs> I want to go. You know, and and anyways, even at the end of this hunt, I never forget. But he says. Um, he says he hands me another couple thousand bucks and and i mean this meant so much to me i can't even tell you and i'm like joe i'm not going to take any more of your money i go you're making me feel so bad this is one of the biggest things that anybody's ever done for me ever and he says how's a poor son of a bitch like you gonna fly to canada anyways and i said, give me that money <laughs> <laughs> Solid point. and now it's probably i mean they got him it's probably nothing for him but didn't somebody wasn't he gonna go on it and couldn't go or something? Yeah, he just couldn't. He just couldn't go on it. You know, he's a you know a very busy guy, and he just you know he's canceled a lot of stuff. Yeah, got to book this stuff way in advance. Yeah. Well, then stuff happens, and mm-hmm. and uh, he was he, he likes helping people. He's done it for a lot of people. He's done gave away several hunts that he couldn't go on. Just kind of help some guys around him that aren't as fortunate as yeah. as he. And you know, then I so I go on this hunt. Uh, with Stan Stevens and Dustin Rowe was actually my uh, guide at the time and uh, we were both super young then and, and Dustin was even a couple years younger than me and and uh, um, great person and and I remember Stan we're flying through the mountains and he's like he's like Stan was an, an ex triathlon guy you know he could go 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 but anyways we're going over and he's like see that strip right here and we fly for another 15 minutes well then I'll drop you off here a little later and then we fly a little bit more and and I'm like holy cow because I did tell him I called him in, we can go wherever you think we need to go and now he's he's definitely showing the challenge <laughs> yeah and um uh, so me and uh, Dustin land, and we're like, "Holy cow, we got our we got a, a real hunt set out, and we didn't actually have to go that far. We ran into a, a great ram that's like probably 38 inches, you know, and and he looks fairly heavy. And Dustin says, "What do you think?" I said, "Well, let's look at him just a little closer." But yeah, I probably would shoot that that ram, you know. And uh, this is this is the day before it actually opens. We're just going to get camp ready, right? And so. And I remember one thing uh, you may not t- may talk about this. Had you wait for midnight so the season opened, right, or something? Yeah. So we end up going around there, and um, we're uh, looking. Oh, we're just sneaking around to look at this ram, and we got to go around because we go over the top to peek down on him, you know. And um, we go just far enough, and J- Dustin's to my right a little bit. Excuse me, and looks off the backside and says, "Holy cow, right here!" We, and we look at this ram for a second. He says, "I think you ought." To. I said, "I get it. <laughs> this ram is a ram of rams. Oh, so, so it's bigger than it, the one. It, yeah, the one that we want on, on to my left and over the hill. We can't. We haven't even got to where we can see it again yet. Yeah. And these these two rams were were bedded on their own, ah. and um, um, we set up. The wind blowing really really hard. I remember we waited and waited and waited, and and uh, we had to wait till midnight." Um, to be the next day and then it got to be uh, midnight and he, w- he wouldn't stand and he was bedding downhill away from us so you could only see the small part of him and Dustin's like you know it's, it's not that far it's like it's like 260 to shoot him right there and and uh, um, so at that point did you know it was a pan and sheep no no we did not know at the time yeah, it was just hard to tell if he was yeah. dirty or whatever. And he was bedded the whole time, so you couldn't see every part of him. Couldn't see his tail, couldn't see, you know. And and uh, so Dustin wanted me to shoot him sitting there, and I just thought, 
why? You know, I kept thinking, you know, uh, and so it finally it's stands up. Time. It was a matter of time. It was like it was like twelve forty seven, so another forty seven minutes and it stands up and I shoot him right there. Well, now it gets dark, you know, and uh oh, we set set it up and and um set up our hillside. I remember we sat on a steep, steep hillside where there was just sheep trails, but there was a couple right. So Dustin stayed on this one and wrapped up in the. I wrapped up in the tent, and he wrapped up in the um, the fly. Oh, you know, because you couldn't set nothing up. Yeah, you know, and because mm. it's so windy, nobody, yeah, nobody slept. You know, at yeah. all. You know, we and uh, get up and and so the pictures were great because we set him up before and he's just stiff like right. a lot you know, for the next day and uh, but what a great experience I mean just and meeting Dustin and I've kept in in contact with him ever since and he's done huge great things and and kind of uh, the rock star of sheep hunting and and uh, talk a little bit about the phantom sheep compared to doll and yeah so, so it, then it turned out being a phantom which is a mix between a don and a, a stone and a doll <laughs> and um, um, so now I can actually qualify that for either one if I want um, of course I don't know if I'll ever get the chance to chase the other three yeah. you know but you, you never know where mm -hmm. things go and guide the right person yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. so um um, did, what did he end up being as far as size wise? So he was, uh, he's 40 and a quarter and he had 14 inch bases and uh, officially netted out at 167 for for a lot of years. That was the biggest ram that I was on for probably 10 of them sheep hunting years. What know? he gross? Hmm. Uh, I don't remember there the much, gross. Was there much deductions? There's not much. Usually, yeah. outside of unless they broomed off, there's usually not a lot of deductions on Exactly. And he was basically perfect. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, yeah, he's gorgeous. Yep. Yeah. Yep. With one, I mean, there's one distinct spot where it's a little bit darker, but he's got a little bit of a dirty yeah. to him. All the way through him, just a little bit, and his tail's really colored, you know, there was no uh, doubt mm. that he's, uh, he's, he's a fan. But uh, yeah, so nowadays, you know, when. Now it'd be a seventy thousand, seventy-five thousand really? dollars to wow. pursue that type of sheep. To pursue a stone, oh, know, stone. classification, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. So, um, so yeah. you're gonna go on that what next year then? <laughs> I would uh, classify that one under the stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, for right? sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna up that one. Yeah, stone. My feet. I feel like when they're in their prime and they're that grayish blue. To me, are by far the prettiest. Oh, I mean, all are pretty, but that's right. I mean, yeah. yeah, until you see one actually, even in person, and really see how spectacular the colors are yeah. on, a, on a stone. I'm sure at the sheep show. I, I've never went to the sheep show. I've been to other shows where they have sheep there, but um, I'm sure there's some amazing taxidermy and there is. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's an amazing show. You know, I like all the shows. I really <clears> do. <throat> we don't do we don't set booths up really at any of them anymore, but. Um, I like the sheep show because it's full of a lot of guys that's not um, just wear jeans and and uh, it's not about showing off the, the any money. It's not about any of that. It's just hard working. Yeah, you brought up a good point, which I think is definitely kudos to you. And I know a few outfitters that um, aren't in this position, but you've built a good enough reputation now. A positive reputation that you don't have to go chase clients yeah and and there's a lot of outfitters that have to go year after year after year not all of them do and nothing against the ones who do but it is kind of nice I'm sure that you don't have to go to all these shows because of word of mouth for one thing there's only so many tags up there 
Um, but I know you have some repeat clients that get some of your, they we gobble do. up some of your uh, landowner or not necessarily landowners, your a lot of tags and whatnot. That you know, deadline grew really slow, in my opinion. You know, it, of course it did. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, growing slow was a good thing. I, I really it grew with the business, and um, you know I've got some good advice uh, from the guys that I worked from before. George Stolman did a lot of great things that I try to mimic in our camps. Uh, Jeff Burwell um, did a lot of great things in his camp, and I got to steal a little bit of ideas from each one of them. Yeah. And plus, bring, you experience. You see, okay, this is great here. This is great here. You know. I got to be a guide for a lot of years, which right. is a lot different than than the outfitter in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. You know, um, kind of my saying is I'm only as good as my worst guide. You know, um, I I want I want that experience on the mountain to be as positive as as dealing with me on the phone or being in the lodge, every part of it. You know, and and always learning and always asking my clients every time what could we do better and yeah. not with no ego about it. What could we do better? I remember a guy one time came up to me and says, Hey, Obi, what's with these, everything else that you do, and what's with these chintzy sandwiches? You know, and a couple of my guides were standing next to me and they're like, You do the best deal out of anybody we've ever worked around or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, But who cares? It's $20 difference for the whole week. Load it up, right. you know, and we do. I mean, anything that we can change to make it better, we want to make it better. I've always been an advocate of saying that. If, even if the hunting isn't amazing, if your accommodations are good, mm -hmm. you're, you're, they're nice and full, and all those other things make up for you've got a great hunting spot. But I'm just saying, you yep. know, as a rule, and you've probably experienced too, you've probably, that's another thing too, as guiding, uh, you, a lot of times a client will talk to you, their guide, and bitch, for lack of better words, yep. or something, if there's something. Uh, but even working, you know, working for George, I mean, there wasn't, you didn't hear much as far as like there was always plenty of food accommodations were as great i always thought yep. the accommodations were great and that that means a lot too well i always say like like you were just saying if you can control the things you can control you exactly. can you can control your um, equipment you can control your uh, guides you can control your food you can control uh, accommodations uh, you know you you control what you control do the best you can hunt as hard as you can and it's the hunting. rest the rest is hunting yeah mm -hmm. you know and um, uh, I think that I watched uh, Jeff Burwell one time um, we broke an Argo on the mountain and um, did you break it, Obi? Uh, he broke it. <laughs> Just ask him. Which was great, right? Because he's always saying, ah, oh, you're hitting these things too much or whatever. We came up and we we were coming out of a creek and we hit a deal and we we broke like some major stuff that time. And he was driving and we were had a full moose on the back and quartered, full quartered moose. Right. And, and I'm... And I look at him, he's Are like, you in another Argo? No, I'm in that one, you know. Oh. So I get to see it firsthand. You look, he's like, yeah, I hit that little heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like, yeah, you did. Anyways, I watch him. Uh, and Jeff's the most amazing guy. Like, like the plane is miles, miles from us. He says, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'll be back tomorrow. Keep everybody happy. You know, so we hang up the moose. We start a fire. Uh, I, we have actually Richard Childers there at the time, which I'm thinking he's not going to really love this, you know. And, uh, he probably dug it, though, didn't he? Oh, it was, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we got to spend some more time. And, you know, some of that 
awkward, you know, weird times like that almost is, is better, you know, yeah. adds to the story and whatever. Mm -hmm. And a lot and, of people will never experience that until they're in that situation. And then it turns out to be something because if, for lack of better words, let's say you're pampering them, you know, to a point, you're doing the best you can to take care of them. And then a challenge comes up like that that wasn't expected at all can turn into one of the greatest experiences they ever had because they probably never dreamed they'd be in that situation, but here they are and turn it into well, something good. I remember that night uh, he had one of his buddies with him at the time and they were, he was playing, uh, they had a little music thing sitting around the campfire and, and Willie Nelson came on. He loved Willie Nelson, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I said, hey, uh, Richard, did you know that, um, you know, Willie smoked weed in the, in the White House? And he says, not only did I know that, Hobie, I was there that night. <laughs> he said, not only was I there, um, I, uh, I went and we partied with him that night. He didn't partake in the other stuff that Willie maybe liked, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He, uh, um, and I said, oh, come on, Richard. He said, go ahead, look it up. I said, well, I'm no service. He said, well, the head NASCAR guys were invited to that, that deal, and that's why we were at the White House at the time. And, uh, and I thought, well, what a thing for me to say to bring up that. Right. That, and I <laughs> thought, odds, yeah, what are the odds? That's right. Anyways, what I was getting at earlier is, you know, Jeff comes back the next morning with a brand new $35,000 Argo. You know, when I knew financially, Jeff, it was tight at that time. And I said, Jeff, how, how do you... How do you afford to do that? How'd you do that? He says, it doesn't matter the cost. He said, when you commit to this is what you're going to do at any cost, you make it happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he's right. I mean, so I've always kind of followed that, that saying, yeah. And there are some times that you've had to, to pay for and maybe do some stuff like in some moments that are like, I hope this thing clears, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's always came back 10 times doing the right thing. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's uh, how our business has had so many repeats and why we've been fairly successful on um, not really looking for clients. I found out a long time ago, um, great people know great people and jerks know jerks. Yeah. And I've always uh, stuck to the one side. Yeah. I got, I got a, so many great clients that are so, you know, they see something on Facebook of, hey, I heard that you're going through this and this, you know, the reach out. And them are the kind of people we chase that actually yeah. want to uh, uh, maybe be a little bit more than just clients. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys turn into lifelong friends. I yeah. mean, I probably have as many friends through the outfitting as I do uh, through regular life, right. you know, yeah. which is. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super awesome. Yeah. 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 And you don't, like it says, you don't have to go. You always got guys wanting to come back. Do you put many in for hunts, help them put in and stuff? We do. Yeah, we do. A, um, we, I wouldn't say we do a full um, service, licensing yeah. service, but we'll help anybody else, anybody that wants to jump in with us. And if they're having a hard time with the draw, we'll either walk it through them uh, and they can do it or, or Tasha will do it. Either um, way. And you're doing some stuff in Nevada? We are. Yep. And it, you're not anymore in Wyoming? Nope, nope. We're right now. We are just uh, this next year. We are just Idaho and Nevada. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's good, man. I any mean, spring yeah. stuff? Did you do any spring stuff? Uh, work. Work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, we're always building stuff. I mean, right now I got a lot of buildings. We're finishing. We're finishing a new lodge on the new property. I got two cabins that we're finishing. But I always have a project like that. That's you true. know, and yeah, that's just uh, saves up all this money. Right. Right. Yeah, and it and uh, in, it's. Um, it's always been 
well worth my efforts of, of the building, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, I never really pay myself. It would be nice if I wrote myself a check during right. that time. But <laughs> we have a, we're still growing a lot right now. We still have another... Um, How many more years to... I know you'll never reach that. He's right? never going to stop. But, I mean, your goal for the lodge, let's say, and all that, a couple um, of years? Five years. Five years. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a big reach. Yeah. Um, what we're doing, we still got 10 more cabins and another lodge that's about 11,000 square feet that wow. we we have permitted to build. And How many is your lodge now? Uh, the one we're out of is actually only 3,200, you know. Only. Um, right. You know, and uh, the one we just finished is a 5,000 square foot lodge, but... Uh, um, not there's not really rooms. There's only one bedroom in it, so it's mostly one big room with a big bar, and mm-hmm. and uh, really look forward to finishing that one. We just finished the the framing should be done by this week, and so yeah, once you swing in trusses the other day. Yep, yeah. yep. And right now, actually, that project I've hired another company to come in and fling, uh, throw them trusses up. There were sixty foot trusses, you know, and oh. so I would rather been on on his liability, not 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 mine. So <laughs> smart. Yeah, so, but they did a great job. They got them up on one of the few no-wind days that we've had lately, so that was good. <laughs> no kidding. Good. You're one of your most personal favorite hunts of yours. You have one? Oh. Sorry. You should have prepped me for that one. Yeah. Was it your sheep hunt, would you say, is probably one of your? Yeah, I'd say the sheep hunts, you know, right up there. Um, I've no... You know, I mean, maybe it's the guide in me. Yeah, when you say, you know, when you say mine, I always will usually go back to... A hunter. A hunter. But you know what? Truthfully, I, I look at them as so much mine as it is theirs. Sure. You know, but... Well, I mean, it, it's, to me, the challenge yeah. that really, what actually gave me, like, the desire to even do it was um, getting myself, you know, if I ended up shooting an elk let's say early and i had time still in the season i'd want to go out more you know yep. so i'd go with buddies or whatever but <clears throat> it's one thing getting yourself in range talking maybe archery more but it's one thing getting yourself in range but somebody else too and yourself is can be challenging the more things can go wrong mm-hmm. sometimes throwing a camera in too I mean, you know, that's... It's always the camera guy's fault. No, it's not. But, but uh, just most of the time, no. no. No, I've had some... There's been some times I've had other camera guys that it's... You know, my thought has always been, yeah, we really want to get this on film, but the most important thing is making sure this client, right? you know, gets taken care of. You and bet. If the... Get it on film, great. If we don't, we don't. But... Yeah, so you know, I'd say personal. I'd say you're probably right. That that sheep hunt was something really special, and uh, you know, the fact I didn't know him before, but what a what a great person I shared it with too. I mean, that's always in everything in me is is who you're doing it with. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, same thing with yeah. I actually have a lot of my buddies that 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 guide for me. You know, Daryl, you guide for me sometimes. You know, and and uh, you know, I I really in it's all about who I'm doing it with. Yeah, you know, and. um, uh, yeah, I remember a, an elk hunt that you had, and you're so busy you didn't get to go on until was it like the last day? Yeah, so um, you mean my elk hunt in '54? Yeah, 
Yeah, so it actually didn't work out. Oh, so I had another one though that was like that. But I, this one actually, I didn't get the tag until the second to last. That's right. Oh, that's wow. what it was. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, what happened? How'd you end up with that? So uh, a landowner up here, you know, I just called him to see what they ended up shooting on a landowner tag that they had, and and uh, he says, "Hope you." This would have been on the. This would have been like the eleventh of November, and uh, it was Sunday. No, it was Saturday at the time. It was Saturday, and he says, "You won't believe it, Obi, but it's still the voucher still in my desk." And I'm like, "Oh, really?" And I said, "You ought to do something with that, you know." And he said, "Yeah, I just don't have time." And he calls me. He calls me back, and he says, "Hey, Obi, if my if my boss will allow me to, I we'll just give that to you, you know." And, and I said, "Well, that would be awesome, <laughs> you know." So then he didn't call. I uh, didn't call, and I wasn't. I was scouting for on the fifteenth. I had a deer, late deer hunt that was opening, and so I was headed up the mountain to to scout for that. It's five thirty in the morning, and I get a weird call from a number I don't know, and I think that's early, you know. And so I'm like, "Hello," and it's this guy, and he says, "That'll be in your name by by eight o'clock this morning," <laughs> you know. So that is on the that this is the this is the yeah, this is the 14th, and so I I go scout for the morning. I actually find a bull too. Might have been doing both at the same time at that point. <laughs> and I run back down. I pick it up at 9:45 and call one of my guides, Ben Hepworth. You know, I said, Ben, you want to come? Oh yeah, and can you bring a gun? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, you know we go to the range real quick. I shoot a couple times, make sure it fits me good. You know, and and we head up and at um, nine thirty, we we are sorry at at three thirty we end up shooting this bull. And you know what's funny about this bull is I see I found this bull with my dad about three or four days earlier. He was up scouting with deer for me, and I came back and when I went after this bull uh, well I'll finish telling the rest when we seen it that day great bull takes a video I come back and I'm so excited about this bull I'm like this bull is going to be a 400 in a couple years just needs a couple years and when I come back and I tell Tasha I got, I'm going to get that tag she says what are you doing I go I'm going to go kill that bull and she says the hell you are <laughs> I go what do you mean she said it's a potential 400 you said it yourself I said, they all are potential 400, <laughs> you know, and uh, she she is so um, so worked up on on me going to this. And we actually turns into a little bit of a a little bit of a fight, and I I told her uh, um, I haven't drew a tag in years. Actually, to this date, it's been 20 years since I drew right. any tag. I said, this is an opportunity I don't get, you know. Right. And, and anyways, I went and shot that that bull, and she settled down. But you know, it was a three seventy three bull, oh, and, wow. and uh, it was it was a great bull. And and um, you know, there are a couple guys that actually said, you know, Hobie, you're you're the outfitter of that unit. Why didn't you shoot a bigger bull? Right. Which was kind of a little bit of an insult to me a little bit because sure. the truth is, the best animal that you can shoot during that hunt is the best one that you find. Right. I had two days to hunt, and I, I, truthfully, I would have shot this bull on the first day 
of the hunt if I had the whole season to go. Right. You know, um, I always think you take the opportunity. And when a lot of guys ask me, he says, well, how big a bull do you think? Or how big an animal? I said, the best one that we find during right. the week. Because and I don't think people realize, like, we started talking a little bit earlier about a 350 bull is a good bull. I, I People just, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we're, and we're, we are a little spoiled where we live, to be honest we with are, you. But. We are spoiled, you know, but uh, no, I, I sure enjoyed that bull, and I sure enjoyed the experience and, uh, um, you know, walking up to that. I, I don't get a tag. It's kind of awkward for me almost. Right. Like, <laughs> Notching my own tag and not helping somebody not stare no, their kidding, tag. And, huh? uh, it, was a gr- it was a great moment and another opportunity that probably shouldn't have happened right. besides uh, it you know, all lined up. Exactly. And reality is you, you, uh, well, I know you don't get to hunt for yourself almost no. ever. Never. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And now it'll be all about the kids when you do get the opportunity to. Yeah. To me hunt. and Josh were talking about that this morning, you know, some of these favors and things that you, I'll use them all on the kids. It's right. just, yeah. it's, it's too much fun. Exactly. You know? yeah, yeah. That's super cool. What's the future? Um, you know, I think we'll still continue in where we're going right now, try to perfect, like I say, kind of what we're doing and uh, kind of base it more around the kids coming into this. You know, I have a, my 12-year-old daughter, well, she'll be 12 this next month, that just is so great with people. I hope, to, uh, you know, she'll mold into wanting to run this wedding right. venue and, oh, and yeah. create some opportunity right, right in the family. You know, the other day, she always says she wants to be an artist and she is great at that stuff. And and my wife looked at her and says, well, no way, no better way to use a, a, to be an artist besides, uh, or to help somebody um, build their wedding deal every week, you know, and design and, and go through. That's and a good point. For a minute, she had to sit there and think about it. And uh, then she comes back and she says, you're right. He's like, I'd be able to help design something every week that's something different and that from an artist. So cool. Right. Yeah. So that's that's fun. It's fun to see kids trigger into um, um, into what their next step is, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I I create goals. Uh, yep, create goal goals. And I try not to be the typical, I'll say farmer type, because where we live where you're molding this person in to be what what yeah. you want them to be. Because yeah. truthfully I'd want them to do whatever they want, but I right. uh, I can't think of a better lifestyle than what we do, you right. know? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's got, I mean, that's going to be such an amazing thing, the venue, being where it's at, that location and everything. And Well, it is, and it ain't much different than, than guiding in a lot of ways, right? We get we're, mm-hmm. we get to be a part of somebody's really, really special day. Yeah. You know, and uh, do the best that we can to line up stuff to make that happen i mean that's just it's what we we've always done yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah so hmm. cool that's really cool well we really appreciate you taking the time to we've talked about having you on here for a while we know you're busy busy and so i when i called you last week i thought oh hobie be be good time for you i know shows are coming up i didn't know i know it's been a few, couple of years since you made the sheep show but i thought yeah let's try to get them all no, I appreciate it. I always enjoy good. what you guys do, and both of you have been a big part of our life, and, and uh, it's yeah. been good. Has been. Yep. Yeah, so proud of awesome. you, Hobie. Yeah, well, thanks thank for you. coming on. Super proud. That, there probably aren't two harder working people no. than Hobie and Tasha, there's no, no doubt. No. Well, I appreciate no. that. Especially, yeah. Especially Tasha. Right. <laughs> Mostly Tasha. No. <laughs> Hobie no, in there. He's, he's, he's done. He's done <laughs> awesome. It's definitely a team effort. For sure. I, I No way would I have got 
it done without her. Oh, it'd be screwed up as a soup well, sandwich even your, if you had well, to do well, it. Last time I came out to the um, <laughs> to your house, you guys were working on. Well, you were thinking about doing a wedding venue there at one yeah. point, right? And we actually are we doing a little here. bit there even right now too. Okay. But uh, the Airbnb thing and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You do do that. Yeah. 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 Your shooting house. I just got to talk real quick about it. That. You've got that up on a hill. Yeah. That old uh, doctor's table that's with a crank on it is yep. just yep. such the coolest thing because you can adjust it to anybody. And you know, how far can you shoot out to? Uh, we're just shooting out to like 700 yards off that one. Just, you know? But we we right. could shoot <laughs> shoot farther. But you know, it's funny when we built that shooting house. It was it was supposed to be a lean to. And oh, you know, really? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> there you go. ADHD <laughs> went overboard. Didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And uh, Hobie yeah. and I do share that in common. We both a little ADHD yeah. at times. Huh? Yeah. Keep us jittering. Right. <laughs> As you drink a monster. <laughs> yeah. Well, I happen to like that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon and. Appreciate everything. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks again for having me on here. Thanks for your time. You bet. Thanks, yeah. John. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Smash you watching. that like button and subscribe.